Hey y'all, it's time to take a brew break. I'm Keela from Keela D. Subcreation, sharing my favorite stories 11 points at a time. You can look forward to English major insights, fangirl freakouts, and biblical tidbits as I dive deep into fiction and nonfiction stories in any form. Now grab a brew and join me for 11Zs. Okay, this first official episode is going to be an essay about one of my favorite stories of all time, the story of Paul from the Bible. I'm working on a major nonfiction project for NaNoWriMo this November that goes into more detail on this subject, but I thought I would talk through and workshop some of these ideas with you on the podcast. If you want access to my nonfiction project when it's done, subscribe to my email list to get it for free. You can find a link to do that in the description. Today's brew for this 11Zs is a Cafe Ole coffee from HEB. I believe it is the Houston blend that has notes of coconut. Yes, please. And uh, freshly ground at home, because we're cool like that. French pressed, because we're cool like that. (laughs) And then added some sugar-free, I believe, sweet Irish cream. No, not sweet Irish cream. (laughs) It's just sweet cream, mom. Um, Creamer. Because as much as I've tried, I can't do black coffee. Sorry, not sorry. I choose joy in this world. Anyway, without further ado, let's talk about 11 relationships to cultivate according to the story of Paul. The first relationship you need to cultivate and take care of is one with yourself. Before Saul could begin his path in ministry, he had to become Paul, right? We are first introduced to him at the stoning of Stephen. He was straight up murdering Christians for their faith. He was the last person anyone expected God would use to further his kingdom. But on the road to Damascus in Acts 9, he had a personal experience with Jesus, was blinded for three days, and emerged out of that experience a changed man. He came to understand his purpose and place in the world and set forth to accomplish that. What's interesting is that he was first called Saul, and I was wondering if during his conversion, God looked down upon him and said, you will now be referred to as Paul. Kind of like he did with Abraham and Sarah, but that's not really what happened. He was just known by both names, I guess. But when we are first introduced to him, he was only called Saul. Then in Acts 13, it mentions he was also called Paul, and thenceforth only refers to him as Paul for the rest of the Bible. That's how we know him now, right? So it's almost like this conversion of his completely wrecked his identity. He was Saul, the persecutor, and now he's Paul, the apostle of God. The first verse where he is referred to as Paul is Acts 13 9 and immediately after it says he was filled with the Holy Spirit. His literal come to Jesus meeting completely altered his identity and made him into the man who led innumerable people to Christ. It's also worth noting here that Paul stayed single throughout his whole life. He makes it clear that it was a life that not everyone is called to but one that was right for him. He was content to be himself by himself serving God's kingdom on his own path. So whether or not you feel called to a life of singleness, I think it's important that we understand who we are and whose we are so we can serve the kingdom of God to the best of our ability. While we're on the subject of Paul's conversion, let's talk about the second relationship we should seek to cultivate in our own lives, and that's one like Ananias. Ananias met up with Paul during his three days of blindness. He was hesitant because he knew of Paul's reputation, but he followed God's instructions and met with him anyway. And aren't we glad he did? Ananias did not know Paul personally, but he healed him, encouraged him, baptized him, fed him, and sent him on his way. 
I think it's important that we seek to find people like Ananias who are willing to push us out of our comfort zone when we feel lost or stuck. But I think it's also important to be like Ananias to others. It's crucial to note that Ananias and Paul only interacted with each other this one time that we know of. It was a fleeting relationship, but it was a pivotal moment for each of them and for the kingdom. So be kind to everyone you meet, help out when you can, and listen for opportunities God gives you because a quick interaction at the grocery store could leave a major impact on someone. The third relationship I want to discuss is the one of Paul and Barnabas. Barnabas came alongside Paul starting at the end of Acts 9. People were still really weary of him because he had literally just been killing Christians and now he's speaking the gospel. Barnabas, however, was willing to listen to Paul's story. He vouched for him to other believers and took him by the hand in the early days of his ministry. Paul was new to all this. He didn't know how to preach or talk to people or even the full depth of his faith yet. Barnabas showed him what to do and say by example and led him until Paul could branch out on his own. We as believers and just as human beings need to seek out mentors to help us along the way as well. It is so valuable to have relationships with people who are older than you and who have been Christians longer than you. They've been through it and can help you see the bigger picture when you're stuck because they have the gift of hindsight. Paul and Barnabas did part ways after a minor disagreement, which I'll talk more about in a little bit, but it was time for Paul to work alongside someone more equally yoked. Which brings us to number four, Silas. Paul and Silas traveled and preached together for a very long time through several different places. They were like-minded and were on very similar paths, which made it easy for them to work together. They were literally partners in crime as they were imprisoned together. Have you ever been in trouble with your best friend, but you just couldn't stop laughing? Well, that was essentially Paul and Silas singing hymns while in shackles in prison. They had the opportunity to escape, but ended up witnessing to the prison guard and gaining one for the kingdom. That's friendship, y'all. Life is just better when you have a best friend by your side. Someone who is on the same level as you spiritually and emotionally, who can walk hand in hand with you. At times, they lift you up, and at other times, they need a shoulder to cry on. You are partners, and you are intentional to maintain your friendship no matter what happens. Paul and Silas do not always travel together, but Paul keeps mentioning him in his letters, so we know they thought fondly of each other for their entire lives. Get you a bestie like that. Number five is a blink-and-you-might-miss-it relationship, and that's one with Luke. I don't think we often think of Luke and Paul hanging out together, but Luke is the assumed author of Acts and often uses the pronoun we when discussing Paul, leading us to believe they often traveled together. I like to believe that even though Luke's friendship was a bit more behind the scenes, that he really encouraged Paul to use his gifts. We know that Luke was taking notes along the way and that his words later became scripture, and Paul was the exact same. Maybe Paul saw Luke writing down his experiences and figured he'd better do the same. It's important to cultivate relationships with people who encourage you and share experiences with you, even if you don't see them every day or have pictures of them all over your Instagram. Often it's these underrated friends who actually last. In 2 Timothy, Paul's last letter, he knows he's nearing death and he mentions that Luke alone was with him. In his final days, Luke was by his side, and that is everything you could ask for in a friend. Okay, most of these relationships have been pretty positive, but what happens when believers disagree? When friends don't get along? That brings us to number six, Peter. Oh, I need to do a whole other episode on the story of Peter, but for now, let's just talk about his not-so-nice interaction with Paul mentioned in Galatians 2. 
So when Paul and Barnabas had a disagreement, it was small, there was nothing big at stake, and they simply agreed to disagree and went their separate ways. However, with Peter, the gospel was at stake. Because Peter was hanging out with Gentiles until Christian Jews showed up, and then out of fear and or peer pressure, he distanced himself from the Gentiles so he could fit in with the Jews. But they had already established that you did not have to be a Jew or be circumcised in order to be a Christian. God's love and mercy was for everyone, Jew and Gentile, and Paul needed to make that clear. Peter's actions had influence, even affected Barnabas, Paul's mentor, so something needed to be said and corrected in a public way. Even still, Peter and Paul were brothers in Christ. The Bible isn't clear on if they saw each other much after that, but Peter still refers to Paul with love and respect in one of his letters, so we know they didn't let this argument ruin their relationship or their mission. And that is so important for us to remember. Even when we disagree, even if relationships falter, we cannot let that ruin our ministry. We must always show love and respect and keep the gospel intact. Okay, relationship number seven is perhaps my favorite, and that is Aquila and Priscilla. They were great friends to Paul, but I'm also going to talk about their relationship with each other as a married couple. They were tent makers like Paul, but when they were called by God, they were quick to obey. We first hear mention of them in Acts 18 when Paul stays with them, so we know they were hospitable and willing to open up their home. And this was not just for a quick weekend stay. He lived with them for like six months while he was in Corinth. When he left Corinth to spread the gospel elsewhere, Aquila and Priscilla went with them. So they were mission-focused, willing to leave their home and their business behind to further the kingdom of God. While in Ephesus, they came across a preacher who was not very accurate in his teaching. They pulled him aside and gently explained to him the full truth of the gospel so he could be more accurate in his preaching. They were bold in the truth, and they also understood that while they might not have the gift of teaching, they could correct and train in righteousness so God's message could still be shared. In Romans 16, Paul mentions that they risked their lives for him, so we know they were sacrificial in their faith. They were the kinds of friends John talks about in chapter 15 of his book. We know from 1 Corinthians 16 that they were church planters hosting a church in their home. So not only did they let Paul live there, but then they went on to travel with Paul for a while, and then when they got home, they opened up their house for other believers to meet and worship regularly. Paul mentions this couple several times, from Acts 18 to his last letter to Timothy. He never mentions one without the other, and he goes back and forth between referring to Aquila first and then Priscilla first, so we know they were equal partners in their marriage neither one more important than the other. I strive to have a marriage like that, with an open-door policy in my home, a similar call to serve God's kingdom, and friends like Paul to love and support us as a team. Paul was called to singleness, but Aquila and Priscilla were called to marriage, and they chose to serve that calling every day of their lives until they were eventually martyred together. Oh my gosh, my heart. Relationship number eight is between Paul and Timothy. Much like Barnabas was a mentor to Paul, Paul later became a mentor to Timothy. Timothy grew up in the faith with good influences like his mom and grandmother, but he was shy. He traveled with Paul a bit and then became the recipient of two of Paul's letters as he stayed to preach in Ephesus. We as believers are called to make disciples. We are called to share our faith and to teach others what we know of God's power and love. We are not supposed to keep the good news to ourselves. Hide it in a bushel? No, I'm going to let it shine. And Paul let his light shine on Timothy, training him and guiding him so Timothy could then lead others in the same way. This shy little guy went on to co-write scripture and lead a church. Are you kidding me? 
My church says their mission is to make disciples who make disciples. Barnabas led Paul, who led Timothy, who led people in Ephesus, and so on and so forth. Who in your life can you reach out to and guide the way Paul helped Timothy? Maybe it's a younger sibling, or a youth group at your church, or your own kids. Think of what you were going through during that season of life and help them to seek God in all of it. Then they will continue to do the same for generations beyond them. Okay, the next two relationships I'm going to discuss are a bit more broad, but they are still important. Number nine is just community in general. Look at all of these relationships Paul cultivated, and these were only a few. In Romans, he mentions 33 friends by name. He knew that even though he was called to singleness, he was not meant to go through this life alone. We were built for community. Paul was a part of the early believers who Acts 2 said had everything in common. This did not mean they all looked, acted, and sounded the same, but their common faith in Jesus was everything to them. They were brothers and sisters in Christ. Paul kind of modeled after Jesus' example of the kinds of friends to have. Jesus had three very best friends in Peter, James, and John who went with him everywhere. It's who he confided everything to and who he took with him up the mountain to be transfigured. I would argue Paul's three besties were Barnabas, Silas, and Timothy, who he did most of his traveling with and who we most often hear about with him. Then Jesus had his group of 12 really good friends who were a major part of his journey in ministry. I just listed for you eight pretty prominent relationships in Paul's life who were big parts of his story. And then Jesus sent out 72 apostles to be the first missionaries for his kingdom. People who probably followed him from town to town, hearing his preachings and believing in his message. Like I said, Paul mentioned a larger group by name in Romans, and we know there were even more than that in his life. So it makes sense for us as Christians to have two or three best friends who we tell everything to and just do life with on the daily, then probably a group of pretty good friends who you keep in touch with but might not see every day, people who might be in your wedding party, and then an even larger group of people you know and love but may not really speak to that regularly. But they're still a part of your story and you think of them fondly. Do you have these people? I know I do, and I'm very thankful for them, even if we mostly interact through memes on social media. Which brings me to relationship 10, and that's our audience or our sphere of influence. Anyone who is listening to you who you may not even know in real life. Paul was preaching to people he might never speak to personally. He then went on to write scripture and impact you and me thousands of years later. And whether you realize it or not, we each have our own sphere of influence of people listening to us. If you are a teacher, a writer, a podcaster, a social media influencer, a celebrity, people are listening to your words. James will remind you that that means you will be judged more harshly. We believers are held to God's higher standard and we must honor that with all that we do and say. Uncle Ben will tell you with great power comes great responsibility. Whatever is true, noble, right, pure, lovely, and admirable, Think about these things, talk about these things, act on these things so that those around us will know God's message of love. And if, when you mess up, be honest about it. There is still grace for you. And finally, and most importantly, the 11th relationship we absolutely need to cultivate is one with Jesus. So I already mentioned it earlier. Before Saul could become Paul and start his ministry, he had to be whacked in the face by God. He had to have a personal encounter with Jesus Christ. And once that happened, once Jesus got a grip on his heart, everything changed. He did not go back to his old life, 
but instead committed his life to spreading the gospel so everyone he came across could also have a personal relationship with Jesus. In his last letter, Paul knows he is near death, so he gives Timothy a bit of a summary wrap-up of all his advice and teachings to leave him with in case he doesn't get to see him in person again. He encourages him to be a soldier, a worker, a preacher for God. He warns him about godlessness and reminds him that the gospel is the ultimate truth. He asks for prayers for all his friends and says, The Lord will rescue me from every evil deed and bring me safely into his heavenly kingdom. To him be the glory forever and ever. Amen. His story began with him killing Christ followers and ended with him being completely transformed and following Christ. And despite all his shortcomings, he knew he would be reunited with Jesus for eternity. As for us, even if we can't find our 3, 12, 72 friends to help us along the way, we have Jesus, and he is more than enough. So be sure to cultivate that relationship too. Invite him into your heart and your world. Talk to him in the good times and bad, and find solace in his arms. So that's it, y'all. That is the first official episode of this podcast with 11 relationships to cultivate according to Paul. Let me know what you thought by leaving a review or reaching out on social media. And again, if you're interested in reading more about this topic, be sure to subscribe to my email list through my website so you can get access to my super secret project I'm currently working on. See you next week. Thanks for joining me for 11Zs. If you liked what you heard, please leave a review, subscribe, tune in each Thursday, and tell your friends. You can connect with me on Instagram and Twitter at kdsubcreations, and check out my blog and other free content at the link in the description. Now go where you must go and hope.